All right, welcome in. It is another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, pregame.com, the college basketball edition. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's Griffin Warner. Griffin, how you doing today, buddy? You know, I'm doing okay. Unfortunately, not a great week for the pod, um, but also finals week was a really tough. <laughs> I mean, what a what a terrible slate of basketball games. Yeah, I, listen, uh, my the Chattanooga game, was, we thought it was going to be eight, maybe maybe seven. Uh, and it turns out that it opened at like six and a half and quickly got pushed down to five and a half. Uh, so, and they didn't, they wouldn't have covered eight anyway, or maybe they landed on eight, but they weren't going to cover five and a half, certainly. So, uh, that, that was the number that we projected was never a number. So it was a loser, no matter what, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses. Uh, I mean, you're close. You're close. It was a good comeback. I think pretty poor first half, awful first half. Yeah, t- tough there. And then mine, unfortunately, South Dakota State didn't really see them being outshot from the perimeter by Missouri State. Um, but that's, I guess, going to happen sometimes in home games or, or road games for the good shooting teams. Um, tough, tough one to uh, to take, but I certainly took my medicine on that one. Well, nine and nine as a pod for best bets, not where we want to be. So we got to come up with a two and oh somehow. That's what we'll work on this week. Uh, all right, let's get into these big games and much better than what we had uh, to look forward to back on Sunday. Uh, this was not a great week of, of basketball. The Memphis-Alabama game, which seemed to be like the one premier game, uh, good showing for Memphis, came out and, and really put put in some work and, and surprised an Alabama team, I think. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're back to life. I don't know if they're this is what they are now, but it's certainly a promising sign for a team that had lost four straight. Yeah. Um... I think we is one of those games where I think I was surprised to to watch a team coached by Penny Hardaway actually kind of buy in, um, but also catching Alabama off that emotional, uh, if you even call that, I mean, it counts as a victory in, in the books, but I mean, might've been a goaltend at the end, probably should have lost to, to Houston at home. Um, but, yeah. you know, great, great time to catch a team, uh, but that's going to be a huge win as uh, Penny tries to march his way to the tournament and potentially save his job. One of the games we were going to look at, Kentucky-Ohio State, was lost to COVID, unfortunately, in the Ohio State program, which, listen, I, the way things are looking with the NFL, with college basketball, with the NBA, we may be losing some college basketball games. Like they, they are, that There's going to be cancellations, almost certainly. The hope is we don't get back to where, you know, we're lo- like the, the tournament can't be played or something like that. But that's the uh, that's where we're sitting at now. Yeah, I think one of the worst years in history for me uh, was when we lost the tournament. I remember walking through Whole Foods as uh, like St. John's was finishing a, finishing a first half, the Big East tournament, and seeing the mascot sitting by himself in the stands. Uh, not something I want to go through again. Yeah, that, that's not the way we're looking to, to finish off a, a hoop season. All right, let's talk about the games we got this week. Villanova off one of the w- most un believably awful performances I've ever seen Villanova have. Uh, we're projecting them about a four or five point favorite at Creighton. What I mean, I, I guess I'll start with that Baylor game. That I've never seen a Jay Wright team look that bad. Uh, they were competitive in their losses to Purdue and UCLA, but this was just a, a walkover. Uh, Nova shot 22% from the field and lost – 57 to 36, 36 points, full game points. 
I, something tells me Creighton is not going to present the same problems to Villanova. And this just screams like get right spot for Villanova to me. Uh, Creighton actually crushed Nova in Omaha last year, 86 to 70. Of those 86 points scored by, by Creighton last year, only six were scored by guys who are still on that roster. The offense for Creighton just doesn't feel right yet. I, I, I'm not, I think it may get better as the season goes on, but it's not there yet. They lost to Arizona State, who, who's playing sub-500 ball this year. I, I think Nova's the only way I could look here. What do you think? Yeah, and actually plus six I'm seeing right now as the lines are out for Friday night. Um, oh, boy, yeah. Trying to get us in <laughs> to like the home dog. I, I don't know who's who's back in Creighton here. Um, they're really tough to trust. I mean, you mentioned the Arizona State loss, who I think has been playing a little bit better lately. Um, but ultimately, it's a great home court experience uh, or, I guess, environment for the Creighton J- Blue Jays to make a bunch of threes. I just don't know where on this roster they come from. Uh, I think what you're talking about with losing the attrition from a lot of the players from last year's team, I think it all kind of stemmed from McDermott saying something really dumb uh, about like the team and using some sort of racial reference or something like that. And that didn't go great um, for keeping people around in this type of sport. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at Villanova and, and this might be a situation where they might not have the best type of game, but I, I totally understand what you're saying that, there's ever a time for them to be motivated and try to run out of the gates and go up 20 points early. It's here. And I just don't know that Creighton are in the same ballpark. And I feel like we wouldn't know that until later in conference play. Um, so I think there almost might be some value on Villanova. I just, I'm not in the, in the uh, habit of, of laying road, road chalk. Yeah. This Creighton team, I think that, like I said, I think this Creighton team might be good as the season goes on right now. I don't think they're good. The, Probably the only thing that'll keep me off of playing Nova at six is that it's the Big East opener for Creighton. So I think that this is like a, a, a the crowd will be big, the, the team will be into it. I just don't know that they've got the horses. Uh, and and honestly, that uh, I'll be honest, the, the the Baylor showing was concerning. I, I mean, yep. Yep. this is a team that you count like if they can't make shots, Villanova's not going to win many games. Like you count on them to make shots, and they just couldn't. Twenty two percent. I mean that that shouldn't happen. Not not you know not a that should happen if you're like Jackson State and you're playing against Baylor. That shouldn't happen to Villanova against Baylor. These these kids are too good for that. So it's probably me just a pass game. But I I, I would certainly lean to Villanova. I don't I don't have any appetite to bet on Creighton. I think it's definitely one I want to watch. I got to say because I really want to learn a little bit more about Creighton. I watched them against Nebraska, kind of struggle, but then. Uh, kind of run away late and then seeing them lose to Iowa State maybe at home maybe that kind of should have tipped us off a little bit uh, I just think they might be one of those middling teams in the Big East that might be good to play on at home as a small favorite and and try to look to go against uh, on the road let's take a look at Gonzaga and Texas Tech they're playing it down in Phoenix and Gonzaga coming off two straight losses to high-end competition and I, you know the the I don't think Tech has the guys to attack on the wing the way that that Duke and Bama did. But I do think that Tech can be fooled into playing a little bit of an up-tempo game, which would be a a nightmare scenario for them. The Tennessee win that Texas Tech has looks really good on paper. And at the end of the year, people are going to say, oh, they beat beat Tennessee. That's a good win. Tennessee shot 15% from three in that game. That is not unique or I mean or that is not uh, as repeatable that that is a unique situation I 
I don't think if they played that game a hundred times that Tennessee shoots that poorly again. Uh, and the Zags will certainly not shoot that poorly. Mostly, I, I don't know that Timmy and Holgren will need anybody else to shoot. I, th- I think that they should be able to kind of have their way inside. And if they if they can trick Texas Tech into playing with some kind of tempo, I think this game actually could get ugly, like where – I could see this being a double-digit win for the Zags. What do you think? Well, so I think it's a really tough spot for me because I have kind of wanted to be against Gonzaga in their last two losses to Duke and to Alabama. I haven't been able to pull the trigger, and I feel like it might be a time where Gonzaga is a little bit undervalued um, considering everyone was afraid of them and and was probably refusing to bet against them. Uh, Texas Tech, you know, I, I liked their transfers coming in. Was wasn't sure about their head coach taking over from Chris Beard. If that was a really a Chris Beard thing, or, or if their assistants were really impact, uh, I guess coaches on on the staff. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with their defense. I got to say, uh, I think Tennessee has those ups and downs for sure from the three point arc. And uh, my my big question is, as always, is how do you stop Timmy inside? Because uh, I know Texas Tech has been trying to play. I've been a little bit surprised actually about how little Santos Silva has been playing inside. He's definitely undersized and that like, I don't know how much bulk really matters against Timmy when he's six ten and just posts up on the block and it's really hard to move him off of there. Um, I think ultimately if you're backing Texas tech here, you're backing their defense to really keep a, a well-oiled Gonzaga offense quiet. Um, I think the number is big enough for me to, to start considering Texas tech. And that's certainly the way I lean. I just worry that if we're buy, if I if I buy in on, on fading Gonzaga now, that I've kind of missed my opportunity, and they're in a good position to really not take this game lightly and and really come out firing. It felt like they kind of struggled with, and obviously, like I said, the shooting kept Tennessee, I think, from from taking that game. But they struggled with physicality against Tennessee. They struggled with physicality against Providence. That seems like something that Gonzaga is going to have an advantage. Like they're they're going to be the the stronger team. They're gonna they're going to be able to bully ball down low. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where I'm going to be very interested in the point spread here. Um, but I, I just don't know if I believe in the Texas Tech offense enough to hang with Gonzaga. So they're going to have to have a really great defensive game uh, to hang around. All right, let's move on down the line. To UCLA, minus five is the projection against North Carolina. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Thanks. Um, You know, I feel like UNC, I've been more impressed than I expected from them so far this season. I had kind of a struggle with Furman in their last matchup where Furman was making a bunch of shots and and ended up, I think, entering halftime tied. Um, But I think UNC are a little bit different this year. Uh, they're not the Roy Williams teams of old with two big centers on the, on the court at the same time. They have a lot of big guys for sure, as always, but they can shoot. And that's kind of a big uh, change for me. And it's kind of UNC joining uh, or, or I guess exiting the dark ages. Um, I, I think we've talked about UCLA plenty so far uh, on the podcast that uh, we're not necessarily believers in the UCLA incredible tournament run. Um, and I think as a big favorite here, uh, at a neutral court, I, I just I don't know that I necessarily believe in UCLA enough, uh, especially because they're going to be going against a team that's arguably more talented. Uh, UNC getting five is very interesting to me. I'm curious what you think about it. Yeah, I am too. And that North Carolina Furman game, I was on Furman, and obviously they just shut Furman down in the second half. Uh, you mentioned that it's it's not it, it's big guys, but they're not dinosaur bigs. Dawson Garcia and, and Brady Manick. Uh, and Baycott too, I guess. It's, those three guys, all of them have sort have an outside game, specifically Manic and uh, Manic. 
against Furman, you know, a smaller team was able to, I mean, he's got some really nice moves inside. Like he's a, he's a really good player. And the one, the one guy that I was thinking about is who's maybe a good matchup here is leaky black. Maybe the kind of guy who can slow down Juzang a little bit. Uh, and UCLA, they, they ended up not playing the other night because of COVID again, we thought maybe Cody Riley would be back for that game. And his return would obviously be a huge deal, specifically in a game like this where, you know, UCLA plays three guys who are six, nine or bigger that that are all actually like skilled bigs. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but this this number feels about right for me. I'm, I'm starting to say well, maybe UCLA is better than I thought they were preseason. I still don't think they're as good as everyone else thought they were, but I, I think maybe there's some middle ground. Uh, but I I'm with you. I, I think if I had to play a side here, it's certainly the dog. Well, so I think if we look at what UCLA has done this year, and certainly looking at box scores is a difficult thing, but I think we both watched the Villanova game. Sorry to bring that up, but um, that wasn't a game that they should have covered the spread at home. Um, and I think the Marquette win looks nice. Colorado has been playing so poorly to start the year. Uh, and then the blowout loss to Gonzaga, I don't, I don't really demerit them too much for that, but I think I got to say, um, UCLA and how they're going to try to win this game. I think it's going to be the Mick Cronin style of trying to grind out every possession and waste like 25 seconds on the shot clock before Juzang takes a shot. And that's going to be really tough against a UNC team that's going to get out and run because that's like literally the one thing you can trust Hubert Davis to do is get out and run. I think Caleb Love has been a lot better than I expected for the Tar Heels as their point guard. Davis is making a bunch of threes. And if Leaky Black can offer some defense, I don't think he's going to do a lot offensively. But if he can offer some defense and kind of match up with the bigger UCLA wings, which I think is generally where they, they kind of have mismatches, is that there's no real two or three man to guard them. Uh, I'm just trying to think about how UCLA goes about winning this game. And I think it's a low possession, low pace, and it's hard to win by five points. I mean, you get the fouls at the end for sure. Um, but I think that, that UCLA are, 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 are not the team that, that they were in March Madness last year. And I think that's also one of those things that we need to kind of disassociate that big run uh, from last year and really treat them as, as the team that lost four straight entering the tournament last season. Yeah. Juzang being six foot seven is a problem for a lot of teams. And, and, and really, you know, Jules Bernard is like, is about the same size as him. That's not going to be a problem against this UNC team. So I, I think that does take away a big advantage for them. And again, I think if there's no Cody Riley, I, I I don't know how much they get inside. So, uh, again, a lean to the Tar Heels. All right, let's take a look at that Memphis team that we talked about earlier. We'll project them at about plus four against Tennessee. And uh, it, I, I don't know what you, what were your thoughts on the Alabama game. Do you feel like that's a get-right game for Memphis, or are you con- maybe not convinced that it carries over? I do. I, I'm I'm happy that they got it um, because I'm looking to try to be against Penny Hardaway as much as possible. And so basically when I find myself not betting on games is when I watch them, I'm like, OK, who do I think is the, the team I want to bet against in this game? And I want them to win so that they can try to drive up their ratings or whatever. And then I can hopefully come on the other side. It gets exhausting when like there's a million basketball games a night. But I think from from where I take Memphis, that hasn't changed a lot. I mean, it's a tough spot for Alabama. Uh, but still, I mean, credit Memphis for the win. Um, it wasn't given to them. They had to go to out, go out and take it. Uh, I still don't know that I really love the way Memphis plays. I feel like it was more of a bad game from Alabama than anything that was really impressive from the Memphis side in, in my uh, estimation. And, you know, I, I got to say without the, the Memphis home crowd behind them, 
um, it's, it's just a really tough situation for me to expect them to all of a sudden follow up that great performance and hearing how great they are um, with an, another game against a really good Tennessee team that can really defend. Yeah, I, I love this Tennessee team. We talked about them, you know, preseason. I, I love this Tennessee team. And really, outside that Nova game and the aforementioned Texas Tech game where they just shot, you know, almost, uh, again, almost unbelievably poorly, they've looked great. And they've got they've got the best defense in the country. By Ken Palm, they do. But I, I just think by pure by pure eye test, they, they've got the best team in the country, uh, best defense in the country. And... Uh, they're not what I thought they were as far as a three-point shooting team. You know, early in the season, we saw a couple of games where it was like, oh, my God, these guys can shoot. And uh, Chandler, you know, being on on the point, gave Vescovi all these open looks, and it was like, oh, they're going to just be deadly. So they're not what I thought they were from that aspect. They're still a significantly better offense in general than they were a year ago uh it's just not as good as I thought it was maybe we've talked we've talked two weeks in a row about these Memphis problems and while it's easy to say they're solved after one game I'm still pretty wary of it I do think outside of a possession this might be tough to take the favorite last year these two teams played the total was under 100 points so they played the rockiest rock fight you can play uh, and if the, I'll say this, that if the Kimpom total projection is anywhere close to, to what Kimpom thinks, 145 is what he's got projected, it'll be an underplay for me because I think this AAU Memphis offense against that Tennessee defense is going to really have a hard time scoring. And you know, Barnes, when, when he, when he feels like he's going to shut you down defensively, he slows his offense way down. So it'll feel, that feels like a, an under special to me. Yeah, I mean, I think seeing this total at 145, that's what Torvik has as well. Um, that's a big surprise to me to see it rated at that height. And and I got to say, I think if you're Memphis and you're trying to figure out how to score points efficiently in this game, I think you're going to try to run to beat the Tennessee defense down the floor at every opportunity. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of bad shots and a lot of, I think, Memphis players being pretty confident off the last victory. I, I do see some AAU uh, connotations coming from this one. So, and seeing at Bridgestone Arena, there's going to be a million Tennessee fans. So, um, I'm sure Memphis travels well, and it might be a nice little in between uh, three hours, I think, both ways, but uh, from Nashville. But I think every second I, I think more about this game, I don't know how Memphis scores efficiently. And I think if we can get Tennessee cheap, that, that might make my card. All right, let's get into the good stuff, into the best bets. Like I said, nine and nine on the year. Uh, I'm five and four. You're four and five. My win streak was broken this week. Brutal. Uh, but we're going to get you off the schneid this week. I'm I'm very confident. What do you got? Okay. Uh, glad to go first. Ladies first, I guess. Um, you know, it, I think it's been three straight losses for me, which is especially disappointing. Um, and I've lost my lead, and, and now I'm behind you as well. Uh, but I'm going to a, a neutral court event, um, and I really like Utah State playing, I believe, in the Sanford Pentagon in South Dakota against Iowa. Um, I think we, we talked about Iowa early in the year, that they're a, a team that you want to back at home, but they're really, really scary uh, and, and perform significantly worse on the road, or at least just not in Carver Arena. Um, and I really like what Utah State has still, even after Craig Smith left them to take the Utah job. I think a lot of talent remained. He certainly took some players with him, 
but ultimately, I think I'm most impressed by what Utah State has done to maintain their their like tough defense uh, and their rebounding, which I think is especially important uh, against an Iowa team that likes to play zone from time to time and, and will try to turn you over. But I don't really see that being a huge factor in this one. Um, numbers are all over the place. Unfortunately, we were talking before the pod uh, that you were projecting Iowa as a three-point favorite, and Torvik has Utah State as, I think, minus one point or minus 0.7. So, like, this could be all over the place. I think any number that Utah State is a dog, I really like them and even would consider backing them as a favorite, but I'm going to try to get in on them as an underdog as quickly as possible. Yeah, I was actually against Utah State last night, and it was never even close. Uh, I was with Weber thought about that one myself yeah you talk about Iowa playing that zone I if if Utah State can shoot the way they shot last night they're gonna have no problems against any zone defenses I think they I think they were 50 percent from three on like 30 shot 32 shots something crazy like that and they smashed Weber on the glass so it, that was a, a call that I made that just it was never even close and honestly my my plan for the best bet for this weekend's show was Weber State against BYU, uh, which I, I'm guessing is going to be around an eight point spread. But Weber just getting throttled the way they did kind of kind of took me off of them because it, it, this was like the second time they've really stepped up in class this whole season. They played Washington State, lost by 34. Then they played Utah State and lost by 15. I said, ugh. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I thought, you know, these Utah schools, they're all rivals to each other. They all get up for those games. And Weber State, not the beehive, not not an easy place to play. So I, I thought it was going to be a, a good spot. But I, I'm scared off of, of Weber now based on what Utah State was able to do. So uh, Utah State's better than I thought they were going to be with, with the new coaching situation. So uh, I, I – and you know what? I, I don't think very highly of that Iowa team. I've been against them a couple times. You know, I've had mixed results against them. But I, I'm certainly not a believer. All right, for my best bet, I'm going to go to Louisiana and take the LSU Tigers as 10-point favorites against Louisiana Tech. And I'm going to give you some numbers right now that will blow your mind a little bit. Give them to me. Blow my mind. This Will Wade, like Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Will Wade owns the state of Louisiana. And since coming to LSU, he's gone out of his way to make an example of these other in-state schools. 14 matchups with other schools from Louisiana. 14-0, and 0, average margin of victory, 29 points per game. And then something to think about later on, because I, I, when I got into this, I was like, oh, let me just see how he does again, like in their recruiting footprint. Texas and Mississippi, the two neighboring states, 24-3 and three against those two states with an average margin of 12 points per game. So he... I mean, he. This guy understands recruiting as well as anyone. He knows when it's time to make a statement. This is one of those games, and this year's been no exception. Three and zero against Louisiana schools, wins by thirty nine, forty, and sixty two. Now, Louisiana Tech's probably the next best program in the state right now. So, they're eight and two. Two of those wins over sub D one opponents, and then the two the two games that they stepped up and played an A tier opponent from a power conference. That's their two losses athleticism killed them against Alabama. They couldn't get off a good shot against that team. And Tech, actually, they rank 22nd in two-point percentage in the country. So they're strong inside. That's going to be really tough against this LSU team. Uh, They are sixth nationally 
in defending two point shots, and they they block shots constantly. Fourth in the country blocking shots, and uh, Eason and Pinson both like in the top one hundred nationally in in, in block rates. Uh, excuse me, Reed and and Eason in the top one hundred in block rates. So, I mean, these guys are doing everything down low. And then, I mean, but I talked about Tennessee being the, the best defense in the country. Per Ken Palm, LSU second. They're number one in steal percentage, too, which is bad news for, for Kobe Williams, the, the sophomore point guard for Louisiana Tech. 21.6 turnover rate when he goes up against a Tier A competition. That jumps to 32%. So I, I just think that the, the athletes are too much of a problem for this Louisiana Tech team. They've pl- LSU's played one game this year in single digits, and I just don't think Tech has the horses to make it a second. So LSU minus 10 going to be my best bet for this weekend. Yeah, I think LSU, they've shown with incredible depth. Also, if you don't get off to a good start, it's very possible in the second half that they're going to wear a lot of Tech down with their pressure. Um, I, I do like Louisiana Tech as a program, but I'm just not sure this is a good spot for them to, to hang around. Um, was kind of disappointed in how they played so far this year. Uh, got a good win at Santa Clara, but... Um, I can't blame you. I think Will Wade is, is, I think, understatement of the podcast so far is that he's a good recruiter. Uh, the bag man is, <laughs> is always on it. Well, let me tell you something. My favorite thing about it's not just Will Wade, but I love teams that are good. And when they play bad teams, they are not afraid to go out and humiliate them. I am for that. I, I mean, I know you don't like to lay it. I, if I If I can get those kinds of coaches, when they go up, when they've got a chance to run it up, they will run it up. I, I can't get enough of that. And like beating Northwestern State by 40, there's no need to do that. You don't, what, what do you do? They beat Louisiana Monroe 101 to 39. You're telling me they couldn't have pulled off at some point? Nope. They outscored them 28 13 in the last 10 minutes of that game. I mean, they, they, they do not let up. They will go out there trying to embarrass you. And I am all for that. If I'm fine, if I've got to lay it, that that's what I'm looking for. The teams that are willing to go out there and embarrass you. So LSU minus 10. All right. Hopefully we got a couple winners there for you. I feel it, man. I feel it. We're due. I think if, if that's a thing, we are due. Uh, Griffin, great job as always, man. McKenzie running the board today. Appreciate you. And we will see all of you guys on Thursday with the weekday edition. Or excuse me, on Sunday with the weekday edition. And, uh, and good luck with your hoops this weekend. See you guys Sunday.